Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that is related to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be at this holy place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. Allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break the chains of all evil and sin that holds us captive. May in this service be cursed all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, ignorance, covetousness. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your redemption and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit. Allow us to discover your shining countenance. I lay the service in your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
The book of Joshua, chapter 7, verse 13. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. We know what kind of accursed thing we are talking about. Achan, the son of Zara, had taken what was hallowed unto God, what was accursed, that which had belonged to the Lord. So this was hallowed unto the Lord. We, under what is hallowed unto the Lord, we first view man, and only then that which man gives from his income. If man himself is not a belonging of God and hallowed unto God, then he cannot affirm affirm his belonging and the fact that he has been redeemed by God. His tithes. Because if a person offers tithes and he himself is impure, then the tithes can't show anything before God. Only when a person himself is a tithe, when he himself is hallowed, only then does this affirm him that he is hallowed unto the Lord. When we honor God in tithes and offerings, we affirm that we are hallowed unto the Lord. This is first and foremost. People always pay attention to what they could receive from honoring God with their tithes. But in fact, here a person expresses his love toward God, acknowledges his authority. This is longing and thirst for what is hallowed unto the Lord. If I have longing and thirst, God's this is God's God's rule is to then bless me with every blessing. And of course, with spiritual blessings first. Of course, our enemies is not only our uncrucified soul, the wicked, the earth, and demons, but that which they produce as well. Illnesses, poverty, and premature death. And these enemies have the right to rule over us when we try to attribute to ourselves that which is in our authority, which is in our control, but belongs to God. Nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to the Lord of all that he has, both man and beast, or the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to the Lord. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 28. So, that which is accursed found under a curse that it is impossible to touch. Considering the fact that we are God's belonging, we don't have the right to give our members up to anything else besides God. Because when we give our members, the members of our body, over to being servants of sin, we take that which is in our belonging, but it is not ours. These are tithes. When we begin to say, yes, we have earned this, this is mine, where I want to direct it, there I will direct it, how much I want, and so forth. And this isn't only the mistake of man. This is the cancerous one that will lead him to perdition. People don't understand. They think, well, this isn't possible. Take a look at what kind of big churches there are. They don't honor God in tithes and offerings, but take a look. They sacrifice 
doesn't matter. God will not be patient for the violation of his word which he has placed higher above all his name. If in the temple of the Lord the word of God is not placed above all his name and when people try to interpret this word, they are not found in the order of God. God is faithful to his word. If he saves these people, this means that he would be unfaithful to his word. That's why people are interesting according to their essence, that today they can make something up, tell others, and then tomorrow believe in it, that it's the truth, that it would be impossible to convince them otherwise. They believe in their own lies, and they believe in such a way that this event truly had happened. I had met numerous people, numerous wicked and lawless people, who made up things about me, some kind of events, in order to justify themselves that they are leaving. Events that had never occurred, but they had made them up, believed in them, and they tell others of them. And this comforts them. However, when the time comes, the harvest comes, and when they are going to be weighed on the scales of justice, then there will be calamity that will fall upon them that will be impossible to fix or change. And so one of the foundations of a true devotion or sanctification, God said, sanctify ourselves. And so the basis of this sanctification expressed and our love toward God and the knowledge of His authority are called to be not so-called encounters, but fulfilling the commandments that are comprised of honoring God, tithes and offerings, according to the statutes that have been established by God in Scripture. By giving God tithes and offerings, although that they are in our authority but don't belong to us, we on one end dedicate in our offerings ourselves to God, and on the other end, we separate ourselves from what is accursed, or we are sanctified. Sanctification is none other than separation from the accursed or by separating ourselves from the accursed, we gain the power to withstand our ambitions, the wicked, the earth, and demons. If we don't do this, we won't have the power to withstand our enemies. Furthermore, separating ourselves from the accursed, we gain authority to the right to challenge all kinds of calamity. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 7 through 10. According to these commandments, a person that does not honor God from his possessions and from his first fruits is a person who is wise in his own eyes, but who does not have the fear of the Lord and who invites evil into all spheres of his life. And therefore, if a church accepts and understands these laws and will separate itself from what is accursed in the subject of tithes and offerings, it will gain the power to withstand and to trample on every evil power. You can't stand before your enemies, says the Lord, because among you is what is accursed. 
God will achieve his position. He will achieve those churches in which there will be not one person that would come that would take what is accursed for himself. And then he will pour out power on these churches and they will withstand their enemies and they will trample on them as dust in the streets. It is these people in their time that are going to be clothed into their new man and it is in the bodies of these people that the power of death will be destroyed and the power of life will replace it. And therefore, we even right now with triumph can, can satisfy our longing and thirst and worship to God in which we are going to honor God in tithes and offerings. Let us stand and let us sing when I, when I look into your words. And I gladly remind you each time that the root of all evil lies when we come across what is accursed or when we touch what is accursed. This is love for money, which people try to cover with some kind of ambitions. They say, oh, this is a part of the Old Testament. This is not present in the New Testament. They understand fully well that it is, but they close their eyes to this truth. The root of all good, we know, is dominion over silver. It is specifically separating our tithes and offerings that we demonstrate the authority over silver and we give God the basis to fulfill His promise for us. And therefore, let us worship God in tithes and offerings and sing when I look into your words. And so each time when Israel had honored God in tithes and offerings, either in the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, they were called to, according to the words that Moses had received from God as a revelation, to raise their hands over their offerings and to proclaim one unique proclamation that they were faithful to for thousands of years. We, being that same Israel, tied to that same root, drinking from the fruit of the same tree, will do the exact same thing. Please raise your right hand, a symbol of your righteous act, over your offerings and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have separated the tithes from my home and brought them into your home so that your home may have food. I do not give impurely, I do not give in sorrow, and I do not give for the dead. I rejoice that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority. And according to your word, I ask you, right now, may your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessing come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you, you may be seated. Сердце
Приближается день твой, Господь всемогущий. Когда все народы придут пред тобой, Затрубит громогласно архангел трубою, Собирая народы от края до края земли, Затрубит громогласно архангел трубою, Собирая народы от края до края земли. Как в дни пред потопом ели ты женились, И не думали люди, что близко конец, Молились воды с неба, небесные открылись, Погребая живущих на грешной земле, Молились воды с неба, небесные открылись, Погребая живущих на грешной земле. Как садом и гаморах, Вредом и страстью, Прожигали великий общение огонь, Отвергая законы божественной власти. Получили возмездие в ужасный тот день, Отвергая законы божественной власти. Получили возмездие в ужасный тот день. Вы на воле обычно трудиться, И один вознесется друг на Позабудет другому уже измениться, На мучение придется остаться тогда. Позабудет другому уже измениться, На мучение придется остаться тогда. Вокровение ока Христос возвратится За народом, который был верному. И Он скажет, войдите, наследники неба, Вы достойны со мной быть на брачном миру. И Он скажет, войдите, наследники неба, Достойный со мной быть на брачном миру. Остальных миллионы воскреснут на муки, Чтобы вместе живыми предстать при судом. Самый храбрый воскликнет пред волем великим. Вся земля возлетает пред грозным крестом. Самый храбрый воскликнет пред Богом великим. Вся земля возлетает пред грозным Христом. Приближается день твой, Господь всемогущий. 
And so if you have your Bibles, please open up with me a familiar place of Scripture that continues to keep the depth of the vision and wisdom of God that we will be learning for all eternity. Don't think that you will be able to know God completely and forever. As soon as you know Him completely, then He is no longer going to be your God because God is eternal and he we will know him get to know him eternity in it for all eternity and we'll know more and more about him and new things continually matthew 5 45 and 48 that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon that I would like to continue is called Called to Perfection. And linked to the path that leads us to perfection, we have been studying the path that leads us to God as to our groom in the symbolic story of the path of Rebecca to Isaac. And I've been studying the signs presented in the Bride of the Lamb. Rebecca presented these signs in the virtues of the lily of the valley, upon which we are called to look with the eyes of our heart or with the eyes of faith so we may form ourselves into the image of perfection that is in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. As it says, look at the lily. And for this purpose she left her nation, her house, and her former life, so she may go to her groom Isaac by following Eleazar, the overseer of the house of Abraham. Eleazar is presented in Scripture as a symbol of the Holy Spirit that had come down upon the disciples of the Lord in the day of the celebration of the Pentecost to bring the small flock into perfection in Christ Jesus. We note that in our situation, celebrating the Feast of the Pentecost is receiving the Holy Spirit into our heart, receive Him not as a greatly honored guest, but as the Lord of our life, which will allow us to bind ourselves to the Holy Spirit upon the conditions that are written in Scripture, so we can be led by the Holy Spirit and have evidence of our sonhood. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, Romans 8.14. If we're not led by the Spirit of God, then we are not sons of God. With all of this, we note that specifically during the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we receive the unique and destiny-affecting ability to either receive the Holy Spirit in the form of our Lord, the Lord of our life, so then we receive Him, and in His strength to perform, when we receive Him, in His strength we perform a complete and total separation from our nation, from our house, and from our corrupt desires, so then in the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit to bear to God the fruits of righteousness 
Christ, that is, lead a godly life that carries the power of the resurrection of Christ. Or we can receive the Holy Spirit in the form of a dear guest and continue to remain in the dependence of our nation, our house, and our corrupt desires. Believe me that all people that do, know, that do not know this truth and call every time say we will invite the Holy Spirit and sing the Holy Spirit is a guest from heaven, the time is running and if they will not go into a new way or a new form and actually finally receive him as their Lord, their salvation will be wasted, although they will be buried as Christians and will tell everyone that they've been saved. But let us believe that God is unchanging in his word. What he has says is, said he is, and it's not what we want or feel, but what he has said. If we don't receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and the master of our own life, then who will lead us to Christ? Those who have received him as a dear guest were remained in, Meso remained in Mesopotamia, Laban, Bethuel, if you remember, they did not follow after Eleazar. The work of Eleazar, the Holy Spirit, was to come in amongst all the saved and take for himself the bride out of this category of the saved. All of the parables Jesus Christ finished, there are many called, but few are chosen. Salvation is given to the chosen because salvation is the kingdom of heaven. It is not separate. Salvation is one, the kingdom of heaven another. The salvation is in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is in salvation. Jesus did not preach just salvation. He preached the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is near, he would say. But people don't see this and they say, at least if I can get to the porch of, the, of, the, of heaven, the porch or the threshold is accepting God's authority over themselves. They don't actually accept them at all and criticize them, but say these things. A person not taught how to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord of their life will never be able to bind himself to the Holy Spirit and understandably will not be able to be led by the Holy Spirit or follow him to God's perfection or the perfection that is in Jesus Christ and result this person will lose his sonhood that is he will lose his salvation we've noted more than once that according to scripture a person can speak in tongues and not have insufficiency in any gift and at the same time remain a person of the flesh not having the spirit and will resist all that comes from the spirit of God Apostle Paul turned with these words to the Corinth church and said, You do not have insufficiency in any gift. They spoke in tongues. They practiced gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he says, You are people of the flesh not having the Spirit. They received him as a guest, the Holy Spirit, and were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but received him as a guest, but not as their Lord. And so the Holy Spirit, when he sees that people receive him not as their Lord but as their guest, it offends him and he leaves. The Holy Spirit has the, gives us the ability, when we're baptized by the Holy Spirit, to speak in tongues, something our mind cannot understand or demons or other men. Therefore, speaking in tongues and practicing spiritual gifts is a spiritual experience 
but it is not called to make us spiritual and to change our character into the character of Christ, the character we inherited from the sinful life of our parents. Therefore, to change our character into the character of Christ, we are given the truth of the cross of Christ, contained in the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh, called to separate us from our nation, our house, and our fleshly desires. In a particular format, we have already looked at the essence and the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ, as well as based upon what principles is our cross called and able to collaborate with the cross of Christ, and stop to study the next question, by what signs are we able to determine that our cross collaborates, determine within ourselves that our cross collaborates with the cross of Christ and not its counterfeit or something falsified. And such signs are to be the fruits of resurrection in the fruits of the tree of life that bear fruits twelve times, giving its fruit each month, which is called to be the kingdom of heaven within us. We receive him, receive it in the form of a seed and grow into a tree that bears fruit. And this tree, the fruits of this tree, are the key that opens the path to the tree. Or suffering, I want to say that uh, being within the trials of Christ with him will open up the path to the tree of life. And so the key that opens the path to the tree of life are the twelve pearly gates that reveal our abiding with Christ in his trials. The pearl is the result of suffering, of a mollusk. When something foreign falls in there, it begins to produce this pearl coating and coats this either small stone or whatever else falls in. And so our ability to grow these trees into the kingdom of heaven. Luke 22, 28 through 30, But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me. Trials with trials, uh, Overcoming trials with Christ is, are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And so the kingdom of heaven, which we see as the inheritance of eternal life, is presented in the Eden of our heart in the image of the tree of life that bears fruit twelve times, giving its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. Those who think that it's talking about the kingdom of heaven that is not in man and not here on earth, but the one that is in heaven, are greatly mistaking because in heaven there is no necessity to heal anyone because there will not be sickness or sorrow and tears will be wiped away there. But here, this tree gives not just fruit, but also leaves for the healing of the nations so that we understand that the gifts that we will be practicing, gifts of the Holy Spirit, are just leaves. Not, it is not they that give us access to the tree of life or the kingdom of heaven, but the fruit, not practicing spiritual gifts. And so the kingdom of heaven, which we see as the inheritance of eternal life, is presented in the Eden of our heart, in the image of the tree of life. Let us remember that the twelve months of the holy year, where the tree of life yields its fruit each month, are the fruits of resurrection or the fruits of righteousness that we have been studying in the feasts and the signs 
events that happened within each month of the holy year. To be able to determine the fruits of each month, we turned to the signs and the feasts that were within these months and where the ones they celebrated in these times. In a particular format, we together have already looked at the fruits of our spirit presented in the symbol of the fruits of the uh, tree of life that we that were yielded within the first three months of the holy year and have been studying the fruits of the spirit symbolizing the fruit of the tree of life in the fourth month of the holy year and the year and the month of Tammuz. In Israel, in the 17th day of the fourth month of Tammuz, the people fast in memory of the two broken tablets of Moses. In Israel, the days of the fast were considered the days of the demonstration of sorrow where a person hungered his body and in the time of prayers he spread out under himself sackcloth and ashes to show God his sorrow and his humility, the humility of the soul. Isaiah 58.5, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and, and an acceptable day to the Lord? However, God, by the means of activating his grace, intended on changing in root the consistency and atmosphere of the fast from sorrow to gladness and cheer. Zechariah 8:18-19. Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Thus say to the Lord, <clears throat> says the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be joy and gladness and cheerful feasts for the house of Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. <clears throat> Zechariah 8, 18, 19. In this situation that the breaking of the two tablets of the covenant happened, Specifically in the 17th day of the fourth month, it is enough to count back 40 days from the 17th day of the fourth month, which will put us at the seventh day of the third month. This was the day of the new moon, when Moses went up on Mount Sinai. In the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt on the same day of the new moon, they came to the wilderness of Sinai, for they had departed from Rephidim had, and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. <coughs> Exodus 19, 1-4. It's interesting that the new moon of the third month is a symbol of birth of the new person created in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth. Forty days within which time God wrote the Ten Commandments of His covenant with the nation of Israel is a symbol of the state of spiritual childhood. The breaking of the two tablets of the covenant was a mark of coming out or exiting out of this position of spiritual childhood into spiritual maturity, where we see also see the days of purification finished. And only after the days of purification were finished, on the 40th, 40th day, a male child was able to be presented before the Lord to be dedicated to God. Luke 2, 22-23 Now when the days of, of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. 
In Scripture, a symbol of purification is a symbol of justification that a person was able to receive freely by grace in the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In this month, those who lived on elevations approached the harvest of wheat, and the first grapes would begin to mature. It was the start of the summer heat. Upon practice, each feast was accompanied with some sort of harvest, or more accurately was, was, was the harvest of some kind of sowing. We have been studying the 40th day in which the day of purifications were completed, that were marked by the breaking of the two tablets of the covenant, where we see the destruction or elimination by the teaching of Christ, the handwriting of requirements that was against us. This handwriting that is contained in the broken tablets of the covenant that was against us, the Son of God, in the image of Moses, took from our broken relationship with God and nailed it to the cross, therefore disarming principalities and powers, making them a public spectacle, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2.11-15 In Him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made a life together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. If a man will not bear fruit of the new fourth month that is revealed in the two broken tablets of the covenant, so that he can have evidence of the fact that he, in Jesus Christ, by the law of Moses, died for the law of Moses, so he can live for God and live by God, then he will forever lose the salvation that he received in the format of a guarantee. Galatians 2.19.20 For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the, in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In these two broken tablets of the covenant, we see the result that comes from the confrontation of two glorious, great, powerful, and tectonic laws. One law gives power to sin, and the other law taking power from this sin. Both laws by themselves are godly and together present the holy, eternal, and unchanging in its essence nature of God, as well as His holy, good, and unchanging goals. Therefore, before we die by the law, for the very same law that gives power to sin so we can live for God, it is necessary for a person to be born from the seed of the word of truth. James 1.18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. Only born from the seed of the word of truth can we then stand before the opportunity and requirement to die for the law by the law to live for God through crucifixion with Christ. We need to differentiate the form <coughs> of justification that we received in the moment of our birth from the seed of the word of truth from the other form of justification that we are called to receive as a confirmation of the previously received justification. It is to be as a confirmation. <coughs> As there exists a great difference between the seed of justification by 
<coughs> how we are born from God and the fruits of its seed, where our justification bears fruits of righteousness and receives confirmation. To bear by the tree of life the fruits of the fourth new month, presenting within the heart of a man the kingdom of heaven that has come in power, identifying in the two broken tablets of the covenant, establishing our justification in which we are called to bear fruits of righteousness, it was necessary for us to look at four classical questions. What is the natural essence or root of righteousness? From what wellspring does righteousness come? And what is justification? Also, what characteristics do the scripture give the word righteousness, justification, and righteous? Secondly, what purpose is justification supposed to fulfill between God and man or for man himself? <clears throat> or in what way is justification supposed to reveal or show itself? What conditions or requirements are we supposed to fulfill to receive justification and to be dressed into righteousness? By what results are we able to judge that we possess within our spirit the tree of life that bears the fruits of the fourth month, which is the fruit of righteousness? We note that the etymology <clears throat> of words righteousness, justification, and righteous righteousness contain a sufficiently rich in multiple meaning semantics as these words are a revelation of who God is and what God has done for us, as well as what we need to do to inherit all that God, God has done for us in Christ Jesus. In Hebrew, righteousness is holiness, the law, covenant, justification. Righteousness, lawfulness, fairness. Righteousness is commandment, statute, regulation. Righteousness is judgment, justice, and fairness. Righteousness is directness, faithfulness, and truthfulness. Righteousness is constance, continuation, and immutability. Righteousness is truth, truthfulness, truth, wisdom, the light of life. Righteousness is honesty, sincerity, purity. And righteousness is the resurrection of life and the liberty of Christ. <clears throat> justification that we receive in this righteousness is eternal redemption purchase from bondage of sin and death the elimination of guilt or not from putting of sin taken into the personal belonging and lot of God this is adoption, resurrection from the dead <clears throat> the word righteous means holy acceptable, guiltless upright, honest, fair, free from the oath, not bounded by sin, dead to sin, living for righteousness, being in a covenant with God, relying and trusting in God, pleasant, finding the favor of God, honoring God with your tithes and offerings, abiding in God and rejoicing in God, spreading the fragrance of Christ, Righteousness is hope and trust in God, faith that God is and what, that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him, peace with God based upon the covenant with God, sanctification of your dedication, observation of the justice of God, expressing holiness and performing justice, expressing upright joy remaining in your church, offering to God a sacrifice of praise, honoring God with tithes and offerings, revealing virtue in your faith. 
Looking at this truth to be told multifaceted, multi-meaning, and multifunctional statement, we note that the scriptures consider these terms legitimate and lawful in regard to a man only and exclusively within the format and boundaries of the service of justification and not the service of condemnation. The service of justification is based on and established upon the law of grace. That is contrary to the service of condemnation, which we see as the law of Moses. <clears throat> if in the service of condemnation the format of the law of Moses was given to the sinful and lawless man, then following the breaking of the two tablets where a, where a person received justification, new tablets of the covenant were carved now not by God but man and is given to people with righteous hearts that received their justification by those very two broken tablets by the fact of their birth. Considering the fact that justification that a man received in the two broken tablets of the covenant, the symbol of the new tablets that were carved and written by man upon the tablets of his heart, were unable to condemn the righteousness of God and man, and actually gave the justified man power to be a minister of the new covenant to perform the righteousness of God. As it is written, 2 Corinthians 3, 6-11, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, passing away temporary, something, that, something dying that fades away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For e even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Based on the given place of Scripture, we see that the righteousness of God revealed within the boundaries of grace that arose from the two broken tablets became the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The righteous man became, in accordance to Scripture, a person who is God-fearing, one who honors the law of grace and not sinning against the law of grace or one that does not peddle with the word that is in his heart, in his heart. Considering that righteousness identifies and finds itself in holy truth, it was necessary for us to determine which of the two terms is the root and which one of the two terms grows from the root. Based upon the definition in Scripture, righteousness comes from the united root of two terms, holiness and truth, because God is always holy and true. And so the unity of holiness and truth reveals itself in righteousness just as the Father reveals himself in his Son or as the seed reveals itself in the fruit. From this we can conclude that holy truth is the foundation and root that the righteousness of God is to be built upon and from which the righteousness of God grows in the heart of a man. In this way, holy righteousness is holy truth in action or the result of what holy truth produces.
Therefore, the legitimacy of righteousness is always examined and confirmed by the spring of its genesis, that is the root of holy tr truth and or the holy word of truth that is written in Scripture. So for us not to be of empty words, we need to confirm with the Holy Scriptures the genesis of righteousness from the root that is identified as holy truth as well as the natural characteristics of righteousness itself, called to identify the state and behavior of the righteous man. Considering that the righteousness of God is first of all the judgment of God, or the justice of God, that is, the determination of good and evil, we, in a particular format, in part, have already looked at specific characteristics of the righteousness of God in the heart of a man. <clears throat> we note that the judgment of any righteousness of God we see in the broken tablets comes from the truth of the Word of God that in nature is a holy wellspring, holy root, and holy foundation for the judgment of all kinds of righteousness. Psalm 119.160 The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. We note that when talking about every word of God coming from the mouth of God and identifying the eternal essence of God, it is the first most truth we need to always understand that this is a holy truth that identifies the inner essence of the entrails of God because God by his eternal unchanging and immeasurable natural essence is always and forever everlastingly holy due to this the righteousness of God is firstly always a holy righteousness eternal unchanging and unconditional the word holy first belongs to God and only after the <coughs> to those who are born from him because God can't being holy he can't bear uh, sinners or being righteous bear the unrighteous and the essence of this characteristic is that God is holy by his eternal nature he is eternally separated from evil and is not part of any found evil. His love is first always a holy love and further is selective. God is not able to love that which, is, which in its beginnings is not holy. His holy love is always proportionate to his holy hate towards evil and lawlessness. He loves with an unconditional love all that is holy in its genesis or its beginning and hates with an unconditional hatred all that is lawless in its genesis or its beginnings. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Psalm 45.7 We note that righteousness and lawlessness are two battling with each other programs. That out of a programmable system, that is either a person or an angel, are unable to reveal themselves or function. God from the beginning loved his holy righteousness in man and angels and from the beginning hated the profane to him lawlessness in man and angels together with those men and those angels that kept it. Further carriers of lawlessness as the angels that did not keep their position as well as men who did not love the truth 
and defiled the temple of their spirit because they abandoned their church are waiting for his scorching and powerful wrath. At the same time, carriers of his holy righteousness, keeping themselves from getting in contact with lawlessness and the lawless, are vessels of his mercy, as it is written in Romans 9, 22 through 24. <clears throat> what if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, <clears throat> and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even as whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles? We together have been studying the first question, identifying the essence of righteousness, <clears throat> in justification and in righteousness. Therefore, we will continue the study of what criteria, criteria are we to determine. Therefore, we will continue the study of what criteria, by what criteria are we able to determine the righteousness in man that has received justification. To be righteous is to be is to satisfy the requirement of righteousness that is obtained in the two broken tablets, and it is to abide in Christ Jesus, which will result in us glorying in the Lord. First Corinthians one thirty thirty one. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who become became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. <clears throat> Specifically, the ability to glory in the Lord is evidence that a person is present in Christ Jesus. This gives the Holy Spirit the ability to dress such a person with wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. If you remember, every time we are greeted with the fact of a man abiding in Christ Jesus, that every time we are confirming that being in Jesus Christ, Jesus receives the ability to present us before God, before the world, and and hell, in other words, to protect our interests before God, before the world, and before hell. In this situation specifically, this holy quartet consisting of wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption are the fruits of our righteousness in Christ Jesus, obtained in the broken tablets of the covenant, giving us the lawful right and ability to glory in the Lord. Jeremiah 9:23 through 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Jeremiah 9, 23-24 Upon practice a person from whom Christ has not become the wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, is unable to possess the right and ability to glory in the Lord, but the opposite, this person during any situation will use the given to him by God ability to glory about himself. You see how someone who was anointed by God lost their position and boasted about himself, although they had everything from God. This was not something that they had of their own. This was God's anointing upon them. Ezekiel 28:16 through 18. By the abundance of your trading, this is the fallen cherubim. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing. 
Trading is when a person begins to think about himself incorrectly. The wrong trading is when you think of yourself incorrectly, when you begin to measure yourself up with yourself. Violence within, and I cast you out as a profane thing, out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Beauty was something that God gave them, not something they earned of their own. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Instead of directing all to God and say that this is not me but God, God. You told the angels, look at how I am, and always try to pay, get their attention upon yourself, is what he's saying. By the iniquity of your trading, therefore I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Ezekiel 28, 16 through 18. You've heard many preachers say what God had done. They're through them they boast about themselves what God does through them not as the apostles who tore their clothes and said why are you looking at us as if we did this with our own strength we are nothing but servants this is what God did by the power of the Holy Spirit because began, we began to proclaim the name of Jesus in this way the righteousness of God abiding within the heart of a man as evidence, evidence of the two broken tablets of the covenant is called to be determined within a person by the fact of his thanksgiving to boast about the Lord and rejoice with hope in the Lord. But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Psalm 5, 11, 12. To be righteous or to satisfy the requirement of righteousness obtained in the broken tablets of the covenant is to behave as the children of the light behave. Upon practice, this means to bear fruits of the Spirit, that is, in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 8, 9. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruits of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. In this situation, goodness is the root from which righteousness and truth grows, because goodness is the definition of the grace of God that begins to rule in the heart of a man by the means of the righteousness he does or performs, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 5.21. If you pay attention, those people that are always saying we're under grace, we're under grace, but grace uh, reigns in the heart through righteousness. If a person does not have righteousness, then he is not under the grace of God because grace cannot rule over him. He's still under the law of Moses. He can 
under two laws. He can be under the one or the other. There's no third law. But people may say, I don't live in the time of Moses. Yes, you don't live in the time of Moses, but you have not established your righteousness. You, it has not reigned within your heart. By the means of the righteousness you already have, you thought that this is all free, but righteousness that you received in the form of the seed is a gift. But the righteousness that you need to bear as fruit is no longer a gift. This is something you need to pay a price for and use all of your available means, all of your ability and all of your strength because the kingdom of heaven from the days of John the Baptist uh, is taken by force <clears throat> or with all your strength. Understandably, in this situation, we are talking about the fact that there are two different types of righteousness. There's the seed of righteousness and the fruit of righteousness. And if a person does not bear fruit in his time, for whatever reason does not bear fruit of righteousness in the time allotted to him by God, then his justification that he received by the gift of grace will be wasted. Furthermore, the name of such a person will be blotted out of the book of life. Further, with this we can see that the requirement to behave as the children of light behave speaks of the fact that this is the choice of a man where he can either accept the conditions to behave as the children of light behave or to reject this condition and behave as the sons of this age. Further, we can see that the light coming into our hearts from the revelation of the Urim within the boundaries of the present in our heart Thummim, that is the truth, will be all goodness, righteousness, and truth, which means that the fruit of all goodness within our heart will be the fruit of all righteousness and all truth. This holy triad is identified by the power and quality of light that is called to identify the fruit of our spirit and is within our heart the identification of God's holiness that will separate within our heart righteousness from lawlessness and will member us to the category of the children of light or sons of day. If you remember that phrase, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Some think that you were darkness when you were in the world. But this is not when you were in the world. This is when you were spiritual children. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Speaks of the fact that the children of God can't always be the sons of day, but only after they come out from under the dependence of their soul. Until that time, <coughs> the light that is within them will be defined as darkness. Matthew 6, 22 through 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If, <coughs> if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We know that when God created the heavens and the earth, the first that he created, he said, let there be light. But this light was darkness. Dark, darkness was still present and it could not shine upon the earth or separate the day from, dark, from, the, from the, the day and the, and the night. And only when God in the fourth day created the moon, the stars, and the sun were they able to shine on the earth and separate the darkness from the, from the light. 
Till this time, the light that was on the earth was still darkness. Same thing with the light that is in man, that is in need of the word. It is still darkness. This person looks at everything as if uh, dimly. And everything is dim. And he uh, speaks of his own conclusions, how he understands or sees things. The lamp that shines uh, within our heart. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart, Proverbs 20, 27. The lamp that gives light to the state of our body before God is our born from God's spirit. The brightness of fire of the burning lamp depends on the amount of oil in the vessel of our heart. Oil in the vessel of our heart is identified as the thummim, or the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. If we, by the instruction and the faith, have not brought into our heart the law of righteousness in the format of the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh, in all its fullness, then the light that we, are, that we have will be darkness. When we are greeted with the command to be a light, then this command belongs to the category of the holy people that by the instructions in the faith have cleansed their con conscience from dead works by the means of the urim, sanctifying the abiding within their heart, thummim, that they allowed God to put into their heart. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 through 10. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we would live together with him. In this way, the righteousness of God abiding within the heart of a man as evidence of the broken tablets of the covenant are called to be identified within man by the groan in him from the imperishable seed word of truth to be a son of light. The light of the Son of Light is called to be identified by the expression of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, identified by the existent in the heart thummim, in the form of the teaching of Jesus Christ that came in the flesh. Therefore, the fruit of all, all goodness is when a person with his continuation in good work, identifies, identified as the fruit of all righteousness, seeks in, good, in God garments or garments of glory, honor, and immortality that Adam a long time ago lost in Eden and changed them for fig leaves that presented the nature of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If this was some other tree, then if he had taken the leaves from leaves of the apple tree or other, but he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then he covered himself. The tree that Adam ate of was actually a fig tree. 
and the leaves he used then to cover himself with, and to refresh within our mind visualization about the visualization about the fruit of all righteousness and all truth into which we need to be dressed, we need to remember their their direct purpose. The fruit of all righteousness reveals itself in the fruits of all justice, identifying vengeance or the reward that is revealed in the time of harvest for good and for evil. Revelation 22, 10 through 11. And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. God pretty much condemns the unrighteous that he continued to do unrighteousness, so he may not see. Let, let them not see or hear with their ears or understand with their heart so that they not be healed. Because if they understand, see, and hear, then I will need to heal them. But God condemns them because there's no more opportunity for them to be renewed with repentance because they still crucify then the Son of God. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. Revelation 22, 10, 11. You cannot escape or bend away from the impending result of the just judgment of God. It comes upon a man as a ready or mature harvest, or as a woman in labor pains that suddenly comes upon her that suddenly come upon her before the birth of her baby. And a person will have to reap the fruits of that harvest that he in his time sowed in the form of seeds. When we are talking about vengeance or the reward, that the har- that is the harvest of what we have sown, that the harvest of one person's will drastically differ from the harvest of others. All will depend from the type of seed we allowed to be received and sown within our time upon the field of our spirit, the good seed or the bad seed. The good seed is the seed of the word of truth that comes out of the mouth of God passed on by the people who, whom God has sent. The bad seed is the seed of the word of deceit that is presented as truth that comes out of the mouth of the dragon, the false prophets and the antichrist and are passed on by people sent by the prince of darkness the magnificent calling themselves sons of light before light but remaining the sons of darkness all will depend again on who is reading the word one who called himself or one who even the word of God or the reading the Bible if he has placed himself or God has sent him the way they read will be either tr- the truth or the lie Apostle Paul if you remember forbid people of speaking when they say this is a person that came from God but they were inspired by the devil Apostle Paul forbid them from speaking because to proclaim the truth of God can be by a righteous mouth a righteous person not everyone can interpret the scriptures but only those who who it's given to by God and do you think this O man you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God or do you despise the riches of his goodness forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God 
and will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Romans 2, 3 through 8. The fruit of all truth, <coughs> the fruit of all truth is revealing, is revealed in all all trust in God that are identified in the exact words of truth that do not harm or damage the promises that are contained in all of the words of God's scriptures. Proverbs 22, 19 through 21. So that your trust may be in the Lord, I have instructed you today, even you. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you? <clears throat> we need to pass on the words of truth when we will be taught by the ones who, who the, by the one who is sent. When we proclaim His will, we proclaim the truth exactly as it is in accordance to Scripture, the will of God, and not as we understood it or interpreted it, but as the Holy Spirit has revealed it. Considering that our time is up. Uh, we will right now be taking part in the service of communion. We won't right now bend our knees or our heads, however, who is comfortable. We will pray, and all those who desire to confront their dependences from sin, from fear, from sickness, we wait for you here at the altar because here you can prepare yourself to this great service. You can forgive those who have offended you here so that you can eat of this body and blood. Here you can repent for your sins. Here you can proclaim and open up your heart and proclaim the truth of God. Receive the Holy Spirit as your Lord. Let us pray and may the Lord bless us в данном жертвоприношении. Я буду молиться вместе с вами вашей молитвой и прошу вас глубоко верить в то, что Бог за вас, Он не против вас, что прямо сейчас на этом месте Он может бросить без усовбения все ваши грехи, утвердить свое оправдание вас и дать вам гарантию исцеления, гарантию спасения, гарантию... ...a guarantee of the kingdom of heaven to be, so he become the Lord and master of your life. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God, a sign that you're ready to receive from God what you're asking from him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you with a broken heart, with a wound in my heart, with my sins, with my fear, with my shame, with pain that's within me. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, heal my sicknesses. I open up my heart and I receive your words. I accept you as the Lord and master of my life. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, 
I am washed. I am cleansed. I am healed. I am restored. I am justified. And I am saved. Amen. Amen. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his shining face and give you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May all of these blessings come upon you and be fulfilled upon you and your family. And the nation shall say, Amen. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.